This is the We Fish with Phoenix Boats podcast, built by anglers for anglers. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of We Fish with Phoenix Boats podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trockenbrook. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, Brian Travis, and today we are thrilled to have big fish Bobby Lane on the phone, checking in with him, seeing what he's been up to, uh, 2017 uh, MLF uh, world champion. Um, super excited to see what he's up to, though. Oh, yeah. It, Bobby's always fun to talk to. He's always got some good stories. Um, I guarantee you he's been out fishing with the kids this spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's really involved with, with them and does some stuff with the kids locally on a big tournament uh, that he hosts every year. So I guarantee he's putting some of that time to work with them. Oh, he probably is, and they've been out fishing. He lives on that little pond. He can make a cast right out of the back of his shop, actually. Yeah. He did that the other day on, uh, I think it was on Bass Talk Live, and he has a sliding glass door, and he opened it and pitched a jig from his boat out through the patio into the water and was fishing from inside his shop. That's pretty awesome. Not many people can do that. No, no, not many people can do that at all. (laughs) The door was three-quarters of the way open, glass door, custom. Yeah. He closes it to about 12 inches and says, I'll, I'll still make it through. <laughs> so you either make it or you shatter a custom door. Yeah. It was awesome to watch. So we're definitely excited to see what he's up to and uh, catch in with him and uh, see if he's been catching anything bigger there around the house. Well, I'm excited to talk to him too. I mean, you know, we've interviewed several other uh, BBT anglers and, and our crew runs pretty, pretty tight knit as far as the Phoenix guys. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've heard so many different stories from different guys we've already talked to. So I mean, I've been looking forward to this one. And and talk to them too about just the Lane family. That family is a a bass fishing family. Yeah, I don't know if you can compare them to to anything else out there. Uh, dad, brothers, um, all involved. They got nephews and oh yeah, that and, are up and coming. And I mean it's uh and their sister's involved as well. I mean, she's yeah. involved in the fishing industry. So yeah, it covers the whole the whole family there. The whole gamut of them. So let's uh take a quick break real quick. Let's see if we can dial up Big Fish Bobby Lane. Get him on the line and uh, see what he's been up to. All right. At Phoenix Boats, our passion for fishing is obvious. Whether it's a pro event or fishing with our family and friends, we truly love the sport of fishing. That's why our goal is to make every single Phoenix boat that goes out the door the best fishing platform it can be in both design and construction. We love to fish as much as anyone, and we believe it shows in every boat we build. Phoenix Boats, built by anglers for anglers. Welcome back, everybody, uh, to another episode of We Fish with Phoenix Boats podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trockenbrot. Uh, with me, as always, is Brian Travis, and today we've got on the line from Sunnyside, Florida, Mr. Bobby. Do you still go by Big Fish Lane? I still do go by Big Fish Lane. Well, Big Fish Bobby Lane with us today. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing wonderful, man. I, I am. You know, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm living this new kind of world right now, but it's... Uh, it's enjoyable. We've got to spend a lot of time at home. We've got to do some virtual tournaments. And uh, I'm going to tell you now, my daughter is, uh, I'm hoping she's good luck, but she has caught two fish the last two times I've had her out. She just turned 16. She doesn't flip much. She doesn't throw to brush piles. And she caught a seven and a half pounder flipping last week. And she caught a nine pounder yesterday throwing to a brush pile those are the only two fish she's caught the last two times i've been with her that's unreal that'll keep her coming out for sure though i i think she's getting hooked yeah people are starting to change the name though you know i, I need to maintain <laughs> my name 
Speaking of the name, I got a quick question before we get too far off into this. So you're you're Robert F. Lane Jr. Bobby Lane that is Jr. Correct. But you've got Bobby an older but you got an older brother, right? I do have an older brother. Did that cause any conflict that you got dubbed Jr.? Uh I love being called Jr. And the reason why is because we named my we named our son Robert Lane. Robert F. Lane the third. Yep. So it's kind of a nice generation. Uh but yeah, I don't I don't mind being junior at all. I feel like I got a little bit more to uh uphold though, being being uh the junior of my father, because he is an awesome man for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm a junior, but Tim, you're a fourth, right? I'm a fourth and we named our son the fifth, actually. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. We call him yeah, TV. I, to, I hope I got a long ways to go before that ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, hope you'd be around to see that. That's kind of be cool too, though. Yeah, he's he he'll turn uh, he'll be a teenager, thirteen. He'll turn uh, thirteen July third. So um, hopefully, a lot of this will be gone, and we can actually have a a real birthday party instead of a drive by, holding up posters and throwing gift cards out the window. <laughs> That's right. Did, was your daughter able to get a driver's license, or were they closed? She too? was not. She uh, we had pre purchased the Jeep uh, earlier this year before uh, COVID ever came about. And, uh, we presented it to her on her 16th birthday. And, um, unfortunately all she can do is drive around the neighborhood, which is a good thing because my insurance isn't going to go up and my gas bill is staying way down, but, uh, it's a little older Jeep. It's a 2010 Rubicon, but man, she loves it, but she has burned this, burned this neighborhood up driving around it. (laughs) How many times has she washed it? She has not washed it yet. I actually washed the cars today, and I went in and told her. I said, uh, there's only one vehicle out there that's not washed. And she goes, I know, I know. So uh, <laughs> she'll, she'll get to it. Is that, did you get a hard top, soft top? She got a soft top. We've All taken right. the top off. Um, it's super cool. It's a little one. It's a one-door Rubicon, but it's got the back seat. It's got uh, it's it's Those Jeeps are cool, man. They got the, the traction in them, the, the sway bar. I mean, you can climb up a straight vertical hill. They're super impressive. And it's, uh, I think it's only must have an 18 gallon tank because I went to fill it up the other day and it cost me 23 bucks. And I said, now I can live with this. <laughs> Hope then the gas prices say the same. That's a lot of driving in the neighborhood, though. Have you been taking yeah. it out when she, uh, when she's not around? Uh, I don't, her and mom drove it somewhere yesterday. I think everybody, like, we leave our vehicles in the driveway. We mm-hmm. always ask, like, Lexi, where's your keys, man? We want to jump in that thing and cruise around with the top off. The, the weather has been beautiful down here. Um, the fishing has been good. When you do go, you seem to catch a couple of big ones right now doing anything. Um, but other than that, it's, um, you know, you're not really seeing a lot of numbers, but you are catching a lot of really nice between the five and five and eight, eight and a half pound range fish. You get a couple of the chances of those every time you go out. Now, how have these virtual tournaments been? Is, is it just a weird deal for you? It, it is. It's of course, uh, I'm on my second or third set of AirPods. My daughter dropped one in the water. I dropped one in the water. <laughs> uh, so there's $600 down the drain, but, um, they're actually fun. I'm actually doing one this Friday with another Phoenix team member, uh, I think Randall Tharp is going to come in and commentate on it. Greg Hackney commentates another Phoenix uh, pro there, but um, we're doing it with JB Langley and Bass Mafia. 
we've been doing them every Friday and the viewership just gets better and better. And it's really not about winning or losing. It's about answering the fans questions and, um, you know, just staying in tune. Really. It's mm-hmm. kind of kept me, kept me in tune. I'm fishing different lakes and different techniques. It's uh, I caught a nine twelve on the first one, um, caught a seven pounder last week. Um, and hopefully, uh, this week it's me, David Walker, Timmy Horton, and uh, John Cox are all going head to head this Friday for three hours. So it's it's a fun deal, though. I mean, I'm ready to get back to the tournaments, and I think I think the world's ready for everybody to get back to to tournament fishing, and and that's coming up soon. Have you have you had any questions from the fans that just made you stop in your tracks? <laughs> kind of some wild card questions. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Some of them just, uh, I can't answer. <laughs> I've, I, some of them are better off not answered. Right. But, uh, Did you, you see know, what, uh, what, John Cox had a 10 pounder in his bathtub? Walter? I, I would not doubt it. If he doesn't have a 10 pounder in his aquarium in his house, that guy just, he tried to revive it. it. He found it. It looked like a gator had gotten in and he bought a tank and was trying to keep this thing alive. And then I think Walter went to fish heaven's pond, uh, or swim in Heaven's Pond like a day or two ago, but he he really tried to save a 10-pound fish for a day or two. It that's was not, crazy. That's not like a goldfish. You can't flush that down the toilet. Mm-mm. Yeah, he's something else. He feeds his fish bologna and <laughs> yeah, hot that. dogs. He does, he does all kinds <laughs> of crazy stuff. But what I love about the virtual things is we get to answer, really it's a lot about sponsor questions. They mm-hmm. all want to know what boat are you running this year? The 920 PHX. I'm telling you, it's phenomenal. It's been super good and in the rough water my wife said the first time we went out was about a two-foot chop and she loved the way that boat rode uh just super smooth um and you get a lot of questions on you know how do you like the new slam latch lids and it just you know rods reels line bait they it's a lot of how do you like your lawrence ghost and your lithium you know they they really want to know everything about what you got rigged up and it's kind of cool because it, it makes you feel like you're in a tournament for mm-hmm. a while. There's just no money involved. <laughs> well, now you uh, comes out of my pocket because I lose AirPods every time I'm out there. <laughs> well, and from what I've heard about you, I mean, you you like to to wager on quite a few things and get competitive. So I figure there, there's probably some some backside there, right? There would. Be, I wish there would be more. These guys won't. They won't step up to the plate. You know, maybe the stimulus checks haven't run through the fishermen yet. I don't know. <laughs> well, and, and we got to ask you because I've heard we've heard. You know, we talked to a lot of the Phoenix guys. You guys run in a, a pretty tight circle. Um, we've heard that you help come up with some of the wagers, like on golf courses and stuff, and and that they can get a little crazy and hard to follow as to who owes who money. What? Give us some ideas. Like, what are some of the things that you'll throw up to wager on on a golf course? Well, of course, you got to have the greenies, which means the closest to the green, closest to the pin. You got to be on the green. That's always a $5 bet. But, you know, between me and my brother, we just grew up. My dad's the same way. We always wager on about anything we possibly can. But um, most of them are when somebody hits a bad shot and they go in the rough or in the trees. Like, I'll give you five to one odds that you can't get that ball within 100 yards of the green or. <laughs> Uh, you know, 20 to one, you can't put that chip within three feet of the green and you're only 30 yards away and stuff like that. I mean, the odds are good and it's, uh, you know, it gives somebody a, if you give somebody odds, then they look at it and say, wow, if I do this, man, I'm going to make 
20 bucks, but half the time the 20 bucks goes in my pocket. So, <laughs> so uh, do you keep a we, little we, flip pad in your pocket so you can keep all these tracks? Uh, no, that's what the scorecards for. The problem is, is when we get back, there's so many, like if I play with Justin Lucas and my brother and uh, Brett Hyde or some of the Randall Tharp, there's, we ju- I just put a name or a little, uh, like, a, if it was for me, I would write a B down if I won the bet and then R for Randall, J for Justin. And then when you get to the end, you add up all the letters. And it's like, good Lord, this is a mess. So <laughs> it does get a little confusing, but that's what the 19th hole for go in, have a, have a cold drink and, and talk it over. And everybody usually comes out of there, you know, better than they were. But that's the fun thing about traveling and tournament fishing is you get to go and enjoy, you know, golf courses or trails or stuff like that. You get to see different parts of the United States. And I really enjoy it when it's nice. When I get to take my family, they get to go see different things. Um, uh, it's super enjoyable. I love what I do. I really do. What clubs do you carry? What what brand do you swing? So I'm a ping guy. I I got the I got um, ping irons and I got the all the new uh, tailor made woods is what I bought. Uh, driver five wood three wood. Uh, right now I'm using a spider tailor made putter and that thing's probably here's a cool story. Here's how I ended up with the spider tailor made putter. Uh, we were on 18 a couple of years ago and it was a $25 putt. Um, going to go to this guy if I missed the putt and it, I have missed every putt almost that day. And I bought a 12 footer and I drained it dead in the middle. And he goes, let me see your putter. He took my putter and chunked it in the lake. <laughs> the, the next day he arrived at the go- at my house with a $200 gift card to the local golf shop down here. So I went and purchased that uh spider tailor-made putter and it's been a little bit a little bit more consistent but putting's one of my weakest points for sure i think that's probably every golfer's it's it's so seems so easy to get it there sometimes and then when you do you took you two shots to get there and you end up three putting and ruining the hole you know Mm -hmm. i think it'd be cool if you guys worked this virtual stuff into the fishing and did almost like a skins challenge where you know if you win the hole you get to pull a club out of your opponent's bag you know, if you catch the big fish or whatever it may be for that hour, you get to pull a bait or a rod and make them put it off their deck. I'm starting to like it. I know we have gone where we've played uh, nine holes with only one club. Like, you get to only use your six iron, mm-hmm. you know, or you choose what you want. So, it's uh, it makes it interesting. It, it makes the betting interesting, and it makes your strategy go a lot smoother when you only got uh, one club, for sure. How many golf but carts like have you wrecked? Idea. Do what? Have you wrecked any golf carts? Uh, me and my brother flipped a golf cart a couple of years ago, and that wasn't real fun. He hit a railroad tie and, and flipped us completely over. When the, when you get those dewy mornings or dewy evenings and that, that fairway uh, gets really slippery, man, you can slam the brakes on that golf cart and turn the wheel, and it'll start spinning. And But if you hit a hard spot, you better be ready because mm-hmm. you're going flying. But uh I don't recommend that at all. As, as old as I'm getting, I don't need any more uh, any more pains. I gotta I gotta stay healthy because these these young guns are coming after all of us. Oh yeah, I had a buddy a couple of years ago broke his foot. He he likes to drive with his foot hanging out of the cart. Same thing, <laughs> railroad railroad tie hung his foot on it, broke his ankle. Oh man, that would. Uh, but yeah, if you could catch some of this on video, you think about it. That that would be the bloopers for sure, man. Oh, absolutely. Now, do you like to play when you're on the BPT on your off day 
in between, or do you like to wait for after the tournament before you guys head out? Well, you know, last year on the Bass Pro Tour, it was truly an off day. Mm -hmm. uh, this year, the three tournaments that we did fish, and hopefully some more to come here soon, but um, we're doing more uh, podcasts, social media, uh, more things to do on your off day. So really they give you a schedule and if you're not on it, then absolutely we'll go tee it up. But the problem is it's group a and group B and there's 40 and 40 and half the time you don't get enough guys that play golf on your day off. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been a little bit more different, but we used to play. What we try to do is get there on Saturday play golf Sunday morning and then take the rest of the Sunday off and get ready for practice on Monday. And now, do you, it really does relax you, man. I'm super, it's so relaxing to get out there and just enjoy good friends and, and people and wager a little bit of money here and there. And then at the, at the end, you're worn out and you're ready to get fishing. Mm -hmm. Now, do you prefer uh group a or group B? Ooh, that's a tough question there. Now I, uh, I would always probably, well, I, I, you know, I had a horrible tournament down here this year um, and I was group A and that's when that cold front blew like 40 miles an hour out of the north. I zeroed both days in a row, so it probably didn't matter what group I was going to be in. But um, I, I, when early, I make it simple. In the springtime, I definitely would rather have group A. Um, and in the, as the summer months come along, the post-spawn fish start firing up i i i'd like to catch those a little later in the day or it seems like the fishing becomes a little better later in the day so um you know that group b doesn't seem to it seems they group up a little more where it doesn't matter what group you're in then but when you find a big sight fish or you find a hot spot that's got some boats around it the only thing you're thinking of on your day off is how many guys are hitting my spot or did they find that sight fish Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you can't find out, you can't talk to nobody. You can't look at the website. You can't see what anybody's done, um, except for on score tracker. So it's kind of a mind game to, to go on group B sometimes. That is kind of a mind game. Right, so let's say you had a fish on bed and you kind of got a pretty good idea of what size it is. And you look on score tracker and see everyone's biggest fish. Have you ever thought someone caught your fish? Oh man, that goes, I'm telling you the first time we were doing this, I saw my, I, I got on a really cool spot and, uh, my brother was in the area and he fished a, and I fished B and I had never been so mentally stressed out cause he was killing them. And I'm like, geez, I'm going to get in there and there ain't going to be nothing left. Um, and believe it or not, at the end of the tournament, we couldn't talk to each other. And I called him and I said, Hey, did you start there? He says, I stayed down south the whole entire time. So here I was worried about it the whole time, and he never fished it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I do look for those sight fish. If you see a guy in the area, is what I like to do uh, is on the score tracker. Like if I were to see Greg Hackney in my area, and we were both looking around or doing something, and I found a big one, and it looked to be between, let's call it 7 and 10 pounds, I'll keep an eye on that score tracker to see if Greg – caught the big fish but i uh you know a, a tournament like lake fork where we just came from you could be catching one seven pounder and there'd be another one laying two feet from it so that one would have been hard to judge but yeah i uh, i keep an eye on that thing for sure if i see guys in my area but then again it also gives you okay what do you think the cut weight's going to be 
to get into the knockout round. The other thing about group B is, okay, they caught, let's say 25 pounds was 20th place. And you were thinking you could catch 35 pounds. So that makes you feel a lot better about going out there in a, in group B knowing that they didn't catch them as good, or maybe they didn't find the spot you found. So the A and B, they, they got there that, you know, the, the nice thing is, is every event we switch, you're always going to fish a one group and B the next. So it's fair as can be. What, what about the, the, the new part about winning your qualifying round, moving on to the championship round, you think that's pretty good or, or would you hate to be off those days? You know, that's what I, I like about major league fishing. You know, I'm a, whatever the league, whatever the league decides, of course, you know, that's what we're going to do. And I think that that's what they decided. I it might've been voted on. I can't even remember. We decided on it a while back, but, um, we keep mixing it up. You know, one morning we're fishing at the crack of dawn. The next event we're fishing from eight to three or eight to five. And the next event we fish from 10 to six and, uh, this and that, the, the nice thing is, is that, is the anglers have a voice in, in the major league fishing. And, um, so far they've been spot on with all the decisions they made. And, uh, yeah, why not let the winner of the round go to the championship round? And what that does is keep, keep him from beating up on them on the lakes that you're fishing. Right. What? So, t- yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm all for it. I'm waiting for my time though. I'm waiting for my turn to come. Yeah, it's coming. Tim, Tim's got an idea and we've ran it by a few guys. I'd like to get your take on it when the score tracker is going off during the day, take the names away from it so that the the fans still see who it is, but the anglers on the water just see, you know, first place has moved up to this or, you know, you're setting at 20 pounds and 18th and the 19th place person just got this, but you don't know who it is. I love that idea. What I would, what, what I have said for years is they ought to go black out mm-hmm. for the last 30 minutes to an hour. And then, you would have some serious drama because you don't know if you're in or you're out, but I promise you, you're going to see guys going crazy wanting to know because that's the way it's always been. So I I think that's a super great idea. And I think it should be uh, involved in, in one of our events for sure. Like do a blackout 30 minutes to go when you got 10 guys that are within two pounds of making it and 10 guys that are two pounds from not making it and then let it see what happens. That would be pretty neat. Yeah. I think you'd get a, I think you'd get a a completely different reaction from some guys. And then if you were to bring it back up and let the guys know if they were in or out and see what reaction you get, then I, I uh, think that would be cool. So in the BPT format, how critical is it? to just come out of the gate swinging. I mean, from, from minute one, it means everything. Yeah. I mean, there, some of my best tournaments guys have been when I catch a fish in the first 20 minutes or 10 minutes, Bobby, you're in first place or you're in fifth place with that one fish that weighs three, eight, that just gives you so much more momentum to go on with the day. And, and then you catch another one and another one. Well, then if you slack up a little bit, it takes that much for those guys. They all got to catch that much more weight to catch up to you. The Some of the hardest times are when you're grinding and grinding and grinding and guys are just slaughtering them um, and you can't catch one. That's when that score tracker really starts penetrating into your, into your brain and going, okay, what do we need to do to make something happen here? You're a professional fisherman. 
and you're sitting in 35th place out of 40 guys and you're 10 pounds back now. We have to make some adjustments. And that's when it's the hardest. It, it really is uh, crucial for me to come swinging out of the gates. There's not a better feeling than just jacking that score tracker up and letting them guys know you, you're not playing around. Well, you had a heck of a uh, tournament last year where you lit it up. Uh, was it Table Rock? You had 50 on one day, <laughs> 60 on the next. And, I mean, dang it, if you didn't almost just run away with it. I mean, that was uh, that one day where you had, what was it, 60, 62, something like that? I had, yeah, I caught 60-something bass that weighed uh, almost 100 pounds. <laughs> and had that had it, been the, had it been where the champion or, you know, you win your round, you're in, I would have. I would have won that round, but, um, that was so fun. They were, that, that, that was lined up perfect. Those big spots, large mouth, uh, small mouth, they were just going to town on, uh, on them areas that I was fishing. And I had them, I figured out a, a good pattern in practice and I really didn't even fish that pattern until the second or third day and just realized how deadly it was. It was so much easier to catch them so quickly and get them in and they were all not, you know, back then it was just a one pound minimum and they were all, you know, between a pound and a half. And I caught one that weighed four, seven. So they were all nice quality fish, but it took me longer to get bit where I, what I was doing. And then when I made the switch, it was just like clockwork, man. And nobody was around me. It was like, this is as good as it gets, you know? How sore was your thumb after that? Oh my Lord. I'm telling you, I haven't had to use band-aids. And I think the last time I used a band-aid was at Lake Falcon back when we used to fish the elite series on Falcon, uh, which was good Lord, maybe what, seven, eight, ten years ago. Mm -hmm. And I had, I had to put band-aids on my thumbs because I was catching so many. It was, and they were eating shad, which means that their, uh, their teeth are the sharpest when they get on them crawfish, you know, it wears their teeth down a little bit. When they're on them shad, their teeth are really sharp. Oh, they are. No. How cool has it been to have, um, I mean, obviously you're always going to have a sibling rivalry. I've got two brothers of my own, but how cool has it been to have, uh, I know Arnie's been there with some opens. You had your dad fish that one open, but how cool is it just to have a family that kind of gets fishing? Man. I mean, it's, it means the world to us. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, the Lane family is known as the fishing family. I mean, mm -hmm. all of us do it. My dad, when he's, when my dad is home and, and I mean, the middle of the summer guys, I'm not kidding you. It's, uh, he's out there with his shirt off and he fishes from daylight till four five, six o'clock. And if he's catching them, he'll fish till dark. And me and Chris are doing it professionally. And Arnie, like you said, he fishes the Ram series, the ABAs, the, uh, anything he can get into the opens. He's had a lot of success there, but it's just nice. I mean, the it's, it's, we don't even hardly talk about a lot of fishing anymore because we all do it so much that mm -hmm. when we all get together, it's a card game and a, and a lunch. And we really just catch up on things besides fishing that we, we all love fishing so much. I mean, Chris lives on Lake Gunnersville. I live on a little private pond right here. Um, and all we're, we're all right here. Me and Arnie and my dad are here in Lakeland. And it's just like this morning, I took my son over to the chain of lakes and fished for, two hours and had him home before his zoom call started at eight 30. I mean, we just, we, we live and breathe it, but we're fortunate to be in a place that we can fish so many different lakes and, uh, different ways to fish that, uh, you know, it just makes it enjoyable every time you go. 
Do you think having a brother uh, and dad and and I mean, did that motivate you to uh, to just want to beat them to be competitive? I mean, sharing I think, the, your successes and 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 theirs as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think when we were all born, we were motivated with a sixth sense that said, "You will fish." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how much we all enjoy it and and really do not get too burned out from it. I mean put me back to back to back. I could care less. I just want to, I want to go. Uh, and you know, the old saying is you put your money in the can, whoever catches the most fish wins the can. So that's kind of our, all our mottos, but it's, it's really cool to have the whole family doing it. The whole family loves it. And from my sister to my, we got a, a beach house down in Inglewood. We get to saltwater fish and to just all the pictures, I promise you, 75% of them have, in, have to do with a, a fish being caught. If it's a <laughs> trout, redfish, snook, or a bass, a bluegill, a uh, mudfish, gar, it don't matter. They, we just, we've really just wrapped our whole lives around this fishing industry. And we, all of us are super excited to every one of our um, compliments, uh, not compliments, but our accomplishments that we've had over the years. It's, it's, uh, One's not better than the other, and we treat each other equal. And I, I get asked all the time, who's better, you, your dad, your brothers? And I'm like, guys, you gotta, we all fish exactly alike. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, when we go out there, if my dad, it's five, five, five is what we call it, first, most, biggest. So you always try to catch the first fish, um, which gives you $5 guaranteed, but then you're trying to catch the most and the biggest. And at the end of the day, if I'm catching, if I catch 15, my dad's caught 15 or 16. Chris has caught 15 or 16 and Arnie's caught 15 or 16. It's weird the, the way we just, we all know how to uh, fish the same. It's, it's so fun. And it seems like you guys are passing down. I've seen Chris's uh, son, Cal, probably more times than I've seen him on Gunnersville here. <laughs> He's running that thing up and down the lake. And then you're, you know, your daughter catching those two and your son going in, I mean, passing it down. That's uh there's got to be another uh, generation of lanes coming up right behind y'all then. Yeah, for sure. I know Cal. He signed up for the Toyota Series. He he runs that boat back and forth. And uh, it is, he, that's got to make my brother proud to have his son follow in his footsteps. Uh, I don't know what my kids are going to do. They love it. They, they, they live and breathe it because that's all I talk. And it might be uh, my daughters, they, they, they all love to fish. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Whether if they want to get into tournament fishing, then you know, I'm all for it, but, uh, it is pretty cool watching Cal being the oldest of all the cousins, grandkids, whatnot to, uh, go out there and to watch him and enjoy it as much as he does. That's uh pretty cool. It'd be really cool if all of y'all jumped in the same Toyota, <laughs> get your dad, get Arnie, yep. Cal, I Chris. think that's a great idea. I love that idea and I will bring it up. That'd I be cool. Bring that up and then we could have a, we could have one hell of a side bet for sure. <laughs> well, and you even and couple that up into it's your Bobby Lane Cup, right? The the kids tournament you put on. That's a wonderful tournament. Yep, that's uh, down at Camp Mac in the beginning weeks of every December. We've uh, we've grown and it'll be our tenth year this year. Uh, we gave away twenty six thousand dollars in scholarships last year, and we started our first year and and what we gave away was some. Yamaha hats and cloth and towels. That's all we had. And now we've turned it into this and we've got over 400 kids fishing it. And we do a kids fishing clinic also, um, during, during the year. 
Um, and it's, it's neat to see the, all the sponsors get involved, just like you guys, Phoenix. I mean, if I ask, it's always a big box of hats or bouncy balls or Frisbees. I can't tell you how many of them little footballs I've picked up over the years. (laughs) My kids used them for bobbers under a bluegill off the dock. It's crazy, but, uh, it's, it's neat that the, that the youth is involved and, you know, we didn't have that opportunity when we were younger, but it's nice to be able to give back and let those kids have an opportunity to uh, live out those dreams. And like I tell every one of them to this day, I got into this because I love catching bass. If they're green, brown, or spotted, or whatever, it doesn't matter, um, and the rest will come. But don't ever forget that you love the, just being a bass. Just love going out there, enjoying the outdoors, and catching fish. I mean, that's how I got into it. That's awesome. So what So what actually started the idea of that tournament? Well, it actually came from Bartow High School. Um, Derek Boswell asked me to come. He said, can we name this the Bobby Lane Cup? And I said, sure. He gave me two weeks to prepare, and we showed up with 36 kids, and uh, away we went. I emceed the way in and kind of uh, uh, I'm like, you know, this could be something cool. And the next year we gave away a $1,000 scholarship to – a really cool kid, uh, Gabe Geld was his name. And from there, it's been nothing but support from the community, support from friends and other families and wanted to grow and build this thing. I, you know, people come up, Hey, I want to do the breakfast. I want to do the lunch, local barbecues or uh, Keller mechanical. They do the breakfast every year. People just open arms that have a heart for kids, um, that might not be able to fish a tournament or, you know, we supply boat captains for kids that don't have boats. It's just a, it's to see the smiles on their face at the end of the day. It's something I think uh, a, a sponsor of the event, KL Smith Ruthen, asked me. He goes, "Did you ever vision this?" And I told him I did never vision this. But the more I'm thinking about it, uh, the more I probably did envision one day running a big event like this, having it named after me, and. What gets me the most is watching those kids smile, watching them sit when the when the sun's setting, duffing their bags out and seeing all the goodies that the sponsors sent and trading stuff back and forth. That brings back a memory. <laughs> me and my brothers used to trade our every day. We would t- open our tackle boxes up and trade our lures, which we didn't have many. But, you know, we we would trade a worm for a for a swivel or a hook for a weight or something like that. And that's kind of the way it's come full circle for me hosting the Bobby Lane cup. That's awesome. It's become extremely busy and it sucks up a lot of time, but at the end, every single minute is worth every phone call. And, and, uh, I, I thank the whole entire fishing community for supporting something that's turned into an awesome event that everybody looks forward to. That's awesome. It does. We're actually looking at the uh, the trophy you sent us uh, for the 2019 sponsor. Uh, yep. Pretty slick little trophy y'all had. That's what we said. If you're going to help support our event, we're going to take care of you. We we of course we are nonprofit, you know, um, and we don't we give almost 100 percent of our money has goes to the scholarships. I mean, we we run such a tight line between getting stuff for our um, chance to win and stuff like that, that it, it, there is no money left over. We, mm-hmm. we, we spend a lot, but we, 
every bit of it is worth it. And if we can keep $100 in the account at the end of the year, then we feel like we and can pay the scholarships that we owe. We, we did our job. That's that's our goal now is increase scholarships every year and give these kids that want to pursue their dreams an opportunity to, to go off in the fishing business or be a, become a professional. And I, I'm telling you, there's some there's some good sticks down here in, in, in Florida that are uh, that I truly believe have potential to be professional bass fishermen down the road. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm um, looking forward to uh, getting back out there. I'm sure uh, I know the schedule is going to change a little bit. Um, but uh, are you looking forward to fishing maybe some more fall events that you typically don't get to? There is never a better time to fish to me than in the fall. Fall is cooling weather. The fish like to get up and roam around. It's a little bit tougher fishing. It's more kind of junk fishing to me. And you don't usually catch a lot of great big ones in the fall. But you get that quality of fish between like in Florida here might be the three to five pound fish that seems hard to catch sometimes. Or when you get up on the lakes around like Oklahoma or Tennessee or Alabama, you're, you're looking for big ones. But it's weird how that group of fish, those three and five pounders, get up and roam around. And you might have 10 different baits on your deck. And that somebody asked you, what would you catch them on today? And you say, everything that's on my deck, I caught a bass. <laughs> no um, decoy rods. That's what I like about the fall because you can mix it up. I mean, you might be flipping a tree and then the next bank you throw a buzz bait. I love the fall because it kind of means top water. You get explosions, you know, from buzz baits to choppos to, to flipping laydowns and and just mixing it up, skipping, skipping wacky stuff around, flipping a jig. I mean, it just, uh, you gotta be well prepared when you're fishing the fall. You can't go to your old, your old one, two, and say it's going to work because there, there's just so many, uh, things where, you know, cranking, shallow cranking starts to work really well, but you don't know, you got to find the, the bait chasing back in the creeks. I mean, your jerk baits, your, everything comes into play. And, uh, I, I love fishing the fall. I really do. What's your favorite topwater bait? Man, lately it's been the Chapo. We make it in three sizes. It's uh, it's got you know small, medium, and large. And I put that on fifty pound braid with that new Revo ten to one rocket on a seven six, uh, to Premier, and I could cover so much water. I took it out three weeks ago. I caught three fish on it on the big one, uh, eight and a half, a seven and a half, and a six. My son is got one rod and reel that he only uses the chopo for he loves the explosion um it's a it's an easy bait to throw you take it out of the pack you tie it on and you chunk it out there and you wind it in but um you know that you can throw it down bluffs or docks or pads or grass and when you get some overcast or early in the morning late in the evening it is one of the funnest explosions um and you got six hooks on there as opposed to like a buzz bait you know Mm -hmm. you got six chances to catch that fish instead of that one one hook getting in him but i grew up top water fishing that's the way my grandfather my grandfather raised us throwing devil horses and and blue rapalas believe it or not but um i have come a long way from those <laughs> days when you and that that chapo is my number one uh go-to big fish uh bait right now for sure when you're throwing that chapo what do you look for or what do you pay attention to to set your retrieval speed? I mean, are you just trying different speeds until you see what's working? That's the wonderful, you know, I'm starting to learn different ways to work that bait as opposed to just reeling it in. Number one, I love it during the post spawn when those fish just start to move out 
they'll eat it all day. They love it on a shad spawn. Um, they will crush that thing. But what I like to do is if I'm reeling it like down the side of a dock or I'm reeling it around the point of a grass or some lily pads or, you know, down the tip of a bluff wall that's got a little nook or point on it, I like to pause that thing for just a second. And then, you know, that, that rocket turns 41 inches per turn. So you're, you got huge amount of line capacity. You gain so much line so quick. And just the click of that reel, it jumps that tail. And it's kind of like if you got one following it, but he's thinking about hitting it, he's not. And then you pause it and you twitch the reel again and it sparks that tail up and it starts swimming again. It's they crush it. So uh, it's not just a slow tree, a slow retrieve, but normally the fish, um, I know a lot of people hear this b- uh, before, but they will tell you how they like it. I usually don't get too many bites just burning it as fast as I can. I like a slower to medium retrieve. And then if they're starting to miss it a little bit, I might speed it up just to make them react a little faster. But that's pause and twitch retrieve seems to really, when you get around a piece of cover, to stop that thing like on the corner of a dock post and then start to retrieve again, it's like it just lights them up. They got to have it. It's it's really fun learning how to work this thing. Good. If I was going to buy one size and one color of it, I, I don't have any choppers. What, what's the one color and one size I need to get? Man, you got to get the uh, – I'm so bad with numbers, but our medium size choppo is the best. And if you had to pick one color – uh, it would be our version of the bone color. That's all you need, no matter where you go. And I promise you, if it's cloudy or you get any kind of little drizzle or fog or early in the morning or in the evening, I don't care the water color, water temp, uh, uh, water temp makes a big thing, but once the water temp starts to rise, you throw our, our bone color and I promise you're going to have, uh, you're going to catch fish that you never knew lived in, in areas before now. Well, what, what's funny, since we're on the phone, you're not in studio with us, you can't see it. Tim's got his phone out right now um, pulling up an order. So I'm adding one to my so, tackle warehouse ahead, cart right go now. Ahead and just, yeah. just get me one, too. Just go ahead and make that a couple of them there. Yep. See, the problem is, is I take them out of the pack, and I just load them into my Bass Mafia boxes, so I never keep an eye on the size. I just know I got small, medium, and large. Um, but if I'm around big fish, I, I'll chunk the large one. I'm in my garage now. So our little one is the Chapo 90. And if you want to catch a lot of fish, the Chapo 90 is the one I highly recommend. I think we got a, it might be a one and a 110, something like maybe we got a yeah, one, 105 is the one I just added one, to my cart. 105 is the medium. And then our, uh, I think our big one's the 110, but that medium one, if you, I mean, I've caught eight pounders on it. Um, when just recently, when I was mentioning, I caught all them big ones. That was on our 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 really big chopo, and really, it's my kids. Same thing. I just hand them my rod and reel. It's so easy to throw. They can throw it as far as they want and just wind it back. And when the fish hit, it's automatic hookup. Man, it's so fun and it's great for kids and. And the baits last, you know, they last a while. I mean, you don't change the hooks at all. When you take it out of the pack, just throw it with the hooks on them. But um, I keep a couple different colors. Like, I like the frog. We got a frog that's really cool looking. Um, we got straight straight black. Um, we, You know, I carry about five colors, but my go-to is that bone-colored chopo. 
Now, do you have any hand in, uh, I mean, Berkeley's been putting out a lot of new hard baits here uh, recently. Um, do they go to you guys for color ideas or, or weight hooks, any kind of thing that you've had a little hand in on some of these designs? That's, yeah, well, a little bit. Uh, the good thing about Berkeley is they like to let their pros test the baits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have created a lot of momentum lately because the baits we have are honestly the, the, the best baits out there. I mean, if you could take a Berkeley bait out of the pack and throw it and you know you got exactly what the fish want. So what we get to do is test test all the baits prior. We do get to pick out a lot of the colors. Um you know, I know you guys can answer this. How many fish have you caught on the Fritz side since you've been throwing it? I was going to ask, did you give away any chartreuse bluebacks? Because I'm about out, <laughs> and I'm about to send you a sunset picture. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone sold out, and i got a tournament at uh, Weiss next week, and I need some. <laughs> I will look around and see if I can get a pack in the mail. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take a picture, and you tell me if it's the colors you want. But, yeah, I mean – think about it that 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 bait came out uh two years ago when we were at knoxville tennessee for the Bassmaster classic we all had some and we're throwing them around um and started catching a lot of fish on them and now the whole world wants them because number one it's got the weight transfer system in it where it's easy to throw it's got the best tight wobble of any uh flat-sided bait i've ever thrown it's got fusion hooks that come with it and it catches big fish and a lot of fish. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome. And, and the colors are perfect. And like you said, they are sold out. I, I worked a show um, for Phoenix up in uh, bluff city, Tennessee this year. Uh, I think it was bluff city. Yeah. Watson's yeah. Marine. Was that in Tennessee? Yep. Okay. I, I was, uh, I haven't drove through snow in a while. That was pretty cool to drive through the snow to go up there, but, I went, as soon as I got there, guys were asking me, uh, you got any of the Fritz sides with you? And I'm like, what's going on here? And I went to the shelf and the guy was stocking the shelf with the Fritz sides and the diggers and the dredgers. And they were buying them. Guys were standing in line uh, waiting for the Fritz sides to show up because <laughs> nobody could find them. And everybody wanted to get their hands on them because they're all catching them. So I'll look around. I might. I, I, it's going to have to be a pretty good sunset for me to send a chartreuse and blue, though. I'm telling you now. <laughs> Mike Walker came back from that show, and he was the one who told me about it, uh, the, our sales rep for that area, and he had worked it with you. So he tipped me off a, a little bit sooner, so I was able to get a tackle warehouse order in before everybody left. But uh, now that's been a neat bait. And uh, how have you been liking that? Uh, back to the boats we talked a little bit earlier. I mean, is this uh, this was your first year in the 20PHX? This is my first year. Yeah, I've, I've always run the 20 XP and, and loved that boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, loved it. Uh, but the, the PHX, uh, I love the slam latch lids. Of course, uh, this boat has the big the big compartment in the front. So now you're not having to deal with two compartments at all. Not that that was really a problem, but it's so much easier just having this one big lid. Uh, this boat rides in rough water phenomenal you know because it's got the little bit higher sides mm-hmm. uh, all the way towards the front you know the xp and like our elite they our sides kind of taper down towards when they go to the front but this phx is phenomenal i mean i got the show show 250 on it and i got absolute zero complaints i feel like i got a little bit more storage room one of my favorite things about the phx is the day box 
I can put the baits right there on the front deck now, and I don't have to go down in the bottom of the boat to get anything. I can put what I need for the day in my day box. That's what it's designed for. And I mean, I got a cup holder up front. My, my 16 Lowrance mounts so much easier up there. It keeps me right in tune with everything. The whole layout of this boat is just absolutely perfect. And the ride is phenomenal. If you're looking for a boat that is one, a little bit of rough water and you, you feel like the one you're in or whatever, oh, I might want to step it up. If you were to keep the same size and go to the PHX, you will notice a, a huge difference. Now, you've always been a 20-foot uh, boat guy. I mean, as long as you've been with us, uh, is that just something that, being from Florida, you like a little bit shorter boat just to get in and around stuff, some canals and stuff like that? I do. You know, I'm a shallow-water fisherman, and I don't like the, I don't like having that big boat. I'm a dock fisherman when, I, when I'm on a dock lake. I like to stay, keep my trolling motor on 50, 70, 80% all day. And, of course, my lithium pros will run it all day i mean i got zero issues and it just goes and goes but i like to stay moving i mean when you're when i'm throwing a chopo a buzz bait when i'm flipping fast um and i'm trying to cover a bunch of water it just seems a little bit easier for me to, to move around in my 920 than it would uh a 21 foot boat it just mm-hmm. gets around a lot more easier um and that's just always what I've liked. Yeah, I've never been a guy that's wanted a bigger boat. I've, I've uh, always, every boat I've ever owned in my life has been 18 foot to 20 foot. And these, these Phoenixes are, uh, you know, I asked Greg Hackney years ago uh, how he liked his and his exact words, which mine are now. If I had to buy a boat tomorrow, I would buy a 20 foot Phoenix exactly the way I got it rigged because in nine, ten years, I can honestly say I don't think I've ever been to the service yard unless it's something I did. But as far as having anything worked on the boat, I've had zero issues. That's, that's pretty cool to say. I mean, the way we the way we design these and you guys put them together, there's there's not much to go wrong ever. So it's uh, keeps you keeps you on the water longer for sure. Well, absolutely. We want to keep you out there doing your job. That's what it's for, for sure. Well, uh, can't thank old Greg Strom enough for designing the, <laughs> these holes, man. He's the man. <laughs> well, you're going to have to send him a text. We've been trying to get him to do a podcast with us. He's a little reluctant, uh, but <laughs> hopefully he'll uh, get some encouragement from you and uh, come and do one with us. Uh, so have you gotten anything else done, organized? Uh, you feel like you're ready to go? If they were to say, let's go tomorrow, could you pack up and I, roll uh, out? Yeah, I'm locked and loaded, I swear, all my life. I, I've had a month and a half to prepare. I cleaned my garage twice for a month straight, and I can't clean it anymore. Now it's going – I'm going back through what I cleaned once. But uh, I am I, – I mean, if you told me I had a tournament and, it, and no practice and you start tomorrow morning, all I would all I would do is run, put gas in this boat and uh, take off, and I'd be ready to go. I'd have to throw some rods in it because – I've been taking my kids so much, I have to worry about, you know, exact. My good rods are my rods. Their rods are good <laughs> rods, too. But I got to make sure that, you know, they're not tearing up my, my son. I, I said, Bobby Jr., what are you doing this morning? Or what are you doing back there? And I thought he was taking a break and he was taking out a backlash. So, uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But, yeah, you tell me, you, you raise that green flag and this Phoenix and Yamaha is going somewhere wherever you tell me no that's awesome you gotta make sure that uh, you got all your eyes and uh rod tips too probably 
Oh, I, I, luckily I got a buddy in town that uh, has a little rod company. He fixes all my guides on, on all my rods and reels, my eye tips, my, my son, I swear, drags them across the concrete out there in the yard <laughs> or in the road. I'm like, how do you do this to a tip? I've been for 30 years and I've never seen my rods in this bad of shape. So I send them over to my buddy and he puts new tips on them and checks all the guides. Uh, but yeah, he's, uh, kids are, kids are, uh, they're mean on, on tackle. That's for sure. But they'll give it the old durability test. Go through. It'll make sure it's a good quality rod. That's for sure. That's right. Oh yeah. I got Abu Garcia and I got every brand they make. So I got theirs and then I got mine. But, uh, speaking of kids there, I've seen some enjoyment lately watching my son catch a few big ones this year. And then watching my daughter, man, that's been the cool thing being home and being able to take them out on the water. Um, and, and having my, my wife does all the social media. So she's out there with us all day too. Um, hanging out but to see the excitement of these kids when they do catch a big one is uh something that i probably would have never experienced had we had this much time off it's got to be nice especially this time of year when you can be hooked up with one uh getting to be home for that it's got to be awesome yeah it is i mean that's right we're just now getting into the beginning of may and i mean the fishing down here is really really good up until about july it starts to slow down so uh this is a good time of the year for those big females to start feeding up um we were actually catching some off the bed about three weeks ago i think the last wave the last wave of you know no big great big ones but uh still caught some sight fishing you catch some doing about everything it was a kind of a good time to be uh be home and and enjoying fishing the shad spawning out there right now uh the shad spawn is about it was about a month ago and it's been gone, but, uh, it, when they did spawn, it was pretty fun. I caught, I caught a couple of big ones during the shad spawn. I was taking a, uh, a little lake we live on here. My son, I said, buggy, the shad are swimming under the dock. He goes, well, let's go in the morning. And I got him up at the crack of dawn and he took that Chapo 90 out there. Um, and he just had the time of his life. He caught, I think, 13 bass in about an hour and a half. The biggest one was about four and a half pounds, but them shad were, were chasing his chopo back to the boat and them bass were just throttling it, man. It was, uh, it was cool, but yeah, the shad spawn's done. The fish are starting to get offshore now. Of course we had a, we, we get our bluegill spawn, which is going on right now. So like I said, it's just, uh, it's hot. It's been hot. I mean, we go five days in the nineties and nights in the seventies and then out of nowhere you get, you know, a couple nights in the high fifties and days in the seventies, but, uh, it just, you, you, you play the wind and you go out there and, and you just fish. You're going to catch some good ones right now. It's pretty fun. Awesome. Well, man, we know you got some other stuff to get going and, uh, but we'd like to end our show with a little thing we call, uh, the hot seat. Um, we know we're having to do it over the phone. We just fire you some rapid fire questions, little quick answer stuff. You think you're ready for it? I got a golf match at two o'clock, so I yeah, I'm gonna I, I'm ready for it. All right, I'll let Tim get cranking here. All right, so you can only have ten pound braid or twenty pound fluoro for the rest of your life. What are you picking? Twenty pound fluoro. Who's your favorite person to compete against? Whoever's leading the tournament. Would you rather win the lottery or live twice as long? <laughs> live twice as long. 
All right. Sunny day. No sunglasses or no hat? I got no hair, so that's an easy one. You better put a hat on my head. <laughs> one rod and reel for the rest of your life. Seven foot medium heavy veracity with an ALF Revo reel. Would you rather flip pads all day or bushes all day? Bushes. X-ray vision or magnified hearing? X-ray vision. One color flipping bait for the rest of the year. What color would it Man, be? Man, you guys know that. Give me that black and blue. <laughs> <laughs> Crust on or off your sandwich? Uh, off. Mustard or mayonnaise? Both. Favorite style of poker? Soy dose. Who have you taken the most money from on a golf course? Skeet Reese. Would you rather be able to hit a 400-yard drive but not be able to sink a putt unless it was three feet or less or only hit 200-yard drives and have guaranteed putts? Guaranteed putts. What's your favorite dessert? <sighs> Chocolate chip cookies. My last one. Favorite hand to be dealt in Hold'em? Uh, give me the aces. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Pocket aces. He's going in. Nice. Have, you, <laughs> have you looked at any of these uh, online poker tournaments? I have. Man, they got a ton of them, like 10, 15, 20 dollar buy-ins that have, you know, 10 and 15 grand payouts. You know, you're right, but the problem is is once you get caught up in them, you, it's kind of like my kids on their video games and Fortnite and stuff like that. I'm afraid if I started, I wouldn't be able to get out of it. <laughs> that and you buy in 50 times cuz it's only 10 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to buy I'd have to buy in, buy in, buy in and my I tell my wife we can't make the house payment. I don't think that's going to go over real well. <laughs> no, I stay away from them. Yep, that's a smart thing to do. But there's guys that have, you know, it's kind of like fishing. We we watch guys make it in this business and guys not make it in this business. And, and Lord knows how many gambled everything they had and put forward to fishing and they're doing something else now. And poker's the exact same way. I just look at it as, uh, you know, they got ten, twenty, hundred thousand $100,000 buy-ins on some of their tournaments. And we got, you can, what do you want to risk? 1500 3000 or 5000 to to go fish. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. That's the beautiful thing about the Bass Pro Tour, and I hope it keeps that up, uh, keep it up, is right now we're no entry fee, and that's unprecedented in this sport, and I'm, I'm so glad to be a part of a league that is trying to make things better for the anglers. Oh, it is, and that's uh, it was really cool to finally see that staple go down, uh, to have no entry fees at the, that level. Yep, I, uh, I'm, I'm just... All this talk has got me fired up. I'm I'm sitting here looking at my 920 Phoenix PHX right now. I'm leaning over and I'm like, oh, you guys are killing me, man. I wish I wouldn't have come home so early now. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm ready to go. I live and breathe this stuff. I, I don't, I don't care uh, win, lose, or draw. I, I, I don't like learning from mistakes, but what I do like to do is give it a hundred percent when I'm out there and uh, make the best of every day and, and uh, you know, try to be an example for anybody I can when I'm out there. Well, we appreciate that. We know you do. You do a great job at it. Um, how can folks uh, keep up with you um, now at home during this, I guess, quarantine or whatever, but, and when you get back out on the road, where can they find you? Yeah, man. Uh, Bobby Lane Fisherman on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we uh, follow me on majorleaguefishing.com. I'll be fishing uh, quite a bit and uh, 
possibly maybe be able to get in a few of the Toyota series. I signed up for some, uh, uh, which I guess would be FLW Outdoors. I, I'm mm-hmm. not sure how yep. that all works now that they've purchased FLW, but you should be able to check out everything on their website or MajorLeagueFishing.com and uh, find out where where all are where all of us are going to be fishing for the rest of this year going into the fall for sure. Well, we're ready for y'all to get back out there and watch it. And uh, thanks again, man, for taking out the time to uh, to chat with us for a bit. Thank you, guys, and I'm looking forward to uh, heading up that way soon. All right. We'll see you, Bobby. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, guys. See you, Bobby.